May 17, 2020, Jesus reveals his mission. Okay, here we go. All right, uh, we have a really great blessing today. Uh, Rick Robinson is going to open the lesson with prayer. Okay, Rick. Father, we just uh, come to you now, Father, thanking you, Father, for uh, for all you do for us, for always protecting us, for always watching after us, and Father, uh, most of all, for being a merciful God uh, uh, during all of our faults. And Father, we just want to thank you for the Bible and for the writings of Luke and for the example that uh, uh, Jesus gives us of his commitment to the local church. And Father, I just want to thank you for Coach Kynes and, and his leadership and and his ability to share the word effectively with us. And Father, I just want to thank you so much for just watching after us during these crazy times and and uh, keeping us safe. And Father, as our church begins to open back up, I just pray that uh, by us doing this, that, that it will reflect you, reflect your sovereignty, and reflect your glory. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. Okay, today uh, the lesson is in Luke uh, chapter 4, and it's going to begin with verse 16. So again, we're thrilled that uh, Kevin is, is going to do this. So Kevin, if you would, we'll, we'll start with a scripture reading. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elijah the prophet. 
yet none of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built, in order to throw him down the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath began to teach the people. Thank you, Kevin. Um, this is a, a lesson that only appears, uh, the first part of it is it only appears in the Gospel of Luke. Um, Luke uh, records this incident where Jesus came back uh, to his hometown. And if, if you begin reading up in uh, verse 14, and it says this, And Jesus had returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Well, where has he been? You know, uh, if you returning from somewhere, where, where is it you're coming from? Well, Luke 14, 1 starts with the temptation of Jesus. Uh, he was uh, baptized by John the Baptist. The Spirit descended on him like a dove, and God said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So from there, he went into the wilderness and was tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in the end, the devil took him back to Jerusalem to the temple and took him to the very top of the temple. And there he said, cast yourself down. And he was trying to get Jesus to tempt God to save him. And, and uh, Jesus answered him, it is said, do not test the Lord your God. And from there, the devil left him and it says, he departed from him for a time. So Jesus is in, in, is in Jerusalem there. Okay, so then he returns to Galilee. That's about a three-day walk, maybe four. Uh, Jerusalem is at the top of the Dead Sea, and the region of Galilee and Nazareth, the town there, starts at the bottom of the Sea of Galilee. So Jesus, it's going back. So the time involved would have been the time from the baptism by John, the temptation in the, in the wilderness, uh, which lasted 40 days, and then the return trip to Nazareth. Uh, now Nazareth, uh, as, as Kevin read, is the place where Jesus had been brought up. As all of us know, Jesus was 100% man, 100% God. So the child that Jesus was, he was raised in Nazareth. And it says that uh, when he came into Nazareth, where he was brought up, as usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And I like uh, Kevin's... Uh, um, version a little better it says as was his custom 
And uh, raising children uh, is an amazing thing. It's probably the most important thing that a, a man and a woman have to do. And we read in the Bible where Mary and Joseph were chosen by God. He, they were chosen. And, and so they, they were devout. They were uh, uh, really uh, sold out uh, in, into their religion. And so they raised Jesus as, as, as the uh, uh, customs of the land prescribed. So as it was his custom. Now, the book of Daniel says the same thing and gives us a good example why we need to do these things and form these habits. When they told Daniel that uh, uh, the, they have made a decree that you could only worship the king, well, as usual, Daniel went back to his, to his place. He opened the window and it says, as was his custom, he prayed three times a day. Did he have to think about it? Absolutely not, because it was just burned in, into his being. And it's a great thing when you come into church, and we'll be so glad to, to get back. When you see a family coming in, if you go over to the, to the uh, family use building there, you see a mother and daddy pull up and, and they get a little child out, and, and the little child smiles and just runs into the classroom. Well, that's how it's supposed to be, to raise a child up uh, in the way he should go. So he entered the synagogue on the, on the Sabbath day, and it says, and he stood up to read. But what he did, he went in, everyone sat down, and then the, the, uh, the person in charge of the service would come over and give a scroll uh, to one of the uh, participants, and they would stand up and read. So obviously when, when Jesus came in, they brought him the scroll and he opened it to the place in Isaiah that he was looking for. Now, it, in, in today's Bible, that would be Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. But in those days, they, they, there wasn't uh, uh, numbers on the chapters or verses, but Jesus opened it to the place and he, he, he read this. And the first thing he reads is the Trinity. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are all mentioned in that first line. Because he has anointed me. Now, people were anointed for a lot of different reasons. They were anointed priests and prophets and king. But Jesus was known as the anointed one, the Messiah, the one that God had sent to earth for, a, for the particular reason of giving salvation, making salvation available to mankind and to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recover of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed and, to pro and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, period. There's a period there. But in Isaiah, it's not a period. It's a comma. And what it says is, 
he came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And in the book of Isaiah, the next sentence, it talks about the, the, the last part of that sentence talks about the vengeance of the Lord. So he's talking about his first coming and his second coming. But now he's dealing with his first coming into the, into the lives of people. Okay, then he rolled a scroll up and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Now Luke has a one little verse in here, one little sentence that uh, is an amazing sentence, especially where it's located. And, and Luke uses this for emphasis. And it said this, the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. Now, what had Jesus just done? He had just read from the book of Isaiah. That's all he did. He read that scripture. But how did he read it? He read it with complete authority. He read it as something he understood, not something that had been told to him. He knew exactly what Isaiah was talking about. The prophet Isaiah wrote of God's plan to send someone to bring good news and redeem his captive people. Jesus proclaimed that he is the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, the promised Messiah. Jesus was rejected by the people, but it was through that rejection on the cross that he provided redemption for sin. So that, this is, this, that's why he came, okay? And he had read this, and it says the eyes of everyone on the synagogue were fixed on him and dead silence. They had just heard the Son of God read a portion of a prophecy and it got real quiet. But all their eyes were focused on him. Uh, several writers have said this. As we read the Bible, it's always good once we read to stop and listen. To stop reading and, and think of what is God trying to tell me? What's God trying to teach me? with this scripture. Uh, I, I promise you, I'm not exaggerating at all. I, there have been times in my life when I would pick the Bible up in the morning and go to my marker and take a deep breath and see how quickly I could read through the three or four chapters that were marked off for that day so I could read the Bible through in a year. And, and, and I have to be honest with you, a lot of times I had no idea of the depth or the quality or the, the purpose of what I just read. I just fulfilled a little promise that I was going to read the Bible through. And I took a lot of pride in that, that I could read the Bible through until I began to study God's Word. And I, I really believe that when, when Luke stops here and says all the eyes were focused on him, it, it's the Holy Spirit trying to teach them exactly what those verses meant. And he said to them, today as you listened, 
this scripture has been fulfilled. Now that's like an atomic bomb going off in the synagogue. He's telling them, these words have now, this prophecy has now been fulfilled. That the one that God was sending, it's me and I'm here. And they, were, they all spoke well of him, and they were amazed as his, at his words that came from his mouth, yet they said, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this Joseph's son? How can this be the Messiah when this is the son of Joseph and Mary, the carpenter? So their, their amazement all of a sudden turned from being amazed to doubt and then it's going to grow even more into rejection. And then he said to them, No doubt you will quote, you will quote this prophecy to me, Dr. Hill, yourself. Now that's, that had a really uh, uh, realistic meaning to Dr. Luke. He probably heard uh, that prophecy. And, it, and, and uh, writers tell us that's a, that was a well-known prophecy in, in uh, Jesus' time. Is, is doctor, heal yourself. It means t take care of your own business. Clear up your own mess. All that we have heard that took place in Capernaum, we do hear in your hometown also. And then Jesus said, he said also, I assure you, no prophet is accepted in his, home, in his hometown. Okay, so uh, how, how real is that today? You know, as we were, were, as as, as uh, Kevin was reading, and it, it talked about him coming back where he was raised. How many of you ever went back to where you were raised? And through the week, as you as I thought about this, it's the time how long you've been gone that really affects what you think when you go back. Now, as we've said in the beginning of the lesson, probably two to three months tops, maybe a month to a, two months, Jesus had been gone on this first time he left and went to find John the Baptist and then went through the, the temptation, walked his way back, and now he's back in his hometown. And so you still know everybody there, you know, and they were looking at, they knew exactly what he was. Now you go back 20 years later, and you see the, the people that you grew up with and they're older and they don't, the, the, the talk's not the same. And then you go back 40 years later and a lot of them have already died and, and you see a guy and he says, yeah, I know you who you are. Bill was my father and Saint Jane was my grandmother. You went to school with them. So as, as, as Jesus is in this situation, you got to remember, it's a real situation to him. This is exactly where he grew up. Now, the name of the place doesn't have an, uh, an Alabama name. It wasn't Arab or Boaz or, or, or whatever. It, 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 was, it was there where, where Christ was, was raised by Mary and Joseph. And so these people just couldn't believe that the, these scriptures could be fulfilled by a carpenter's son. And he said, uh, he gave an example now, and it's a great example. He tied himself, or he used the prophets Isaiah 
and uh, excuse me, the prophets Elijah and Elisha to to talk about two situations. The first one was during the famine, there were plenty of widows in uh, Israel that God could have sent him to to provide nourishment and for him to live with and and make it through this drought situation, but he's sinning to a Gentile. And so as 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 he talks about that, that uh, experience, then the widow lady closes out that that uh, uh, section with this. Surely this man was is surely there is but one God in Israel, okay? And that he, you are uh, a follower of that God. So uh, Elijah uh, used somebody, used a Gentile, God used a Gentile for Elijah to, to make this uh, uh, incident. So the next incident was when Elisha, uh, it said there were many, many leopards in, uh, in Israel. But God chose the man Naaman, the, the uh, leader of the Syrian army, to be sent to Elisha. And he sent him to, be, uh, to, to dunk himself in the, in the Jordan River. And when he came back, he said almost the same thing as the widow lady, that your God is the God. Uh, obviously that's paraphrased, but that's what he was saying, that you, you, you serve the God. Where the people of Israel at that time were hunting uh, idols and going to, to false uh, gods, and, and, but, but the true God used these two prophets to take the message outside the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the the Israelites to the Gentiles, okay? And now we go to the part where it says, and when they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was enraged, and they got up and drove him out of town and brought him to the edge of the hill that their town was built on. Now, what has happened here is they have gone full circle, and they have, they have come to the point where they are rejecting Jesus. Now, if you, uh, if you look up that word uh, in the dictionary, it, it's, it's an amazing word. It's, a, it's not very complicated, but if you start to, uh, to, to try to look it up and, and read what, what rejection really means, to turn you back on, to turn away from, to ignore, to consider not worthy, and and as as the week went along, I got I, I thought about this: how many different ways do we reject God? Uh, one of them was just to forget, to forget, to forget what God has done for us, to forget the blessings. Listen, if if uh, if you gave me a pencil and a and a and a roll of paper, I, I I could write a million blessings that God has given me, and why would I turn my back 
on somebody that has blessed me that much. And so it, it, to, to reject God, to reject his son, is, is the ultimate in, in denial. You know, uh, as, as you look at what was going on, they took him from the synagogue where he, for a moment, had been the highlight of the day and now they're going to take him to a hill and push him off the hill. It's interesting to realize that his mission started in, in Galilee. He's in his hometown, and they're going to take him to a hill and kill him because of who he said he was. Three years later, they're going to take him out of the temple for what he had taught and who he said he was and take him to the mount called Calvary. And he's going to die on the cross for those who have rejected him. And so it, it's, it's a situation where if you really start to look at it and, and you think here Jesus is starting off and the first thing that happens is the people in his own hometown rejected. But it's, it's an amazing thing to, to look at what happened. And then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. So Jesus didn't let the rejection of the people in his hometown slow him down one instance. You know, I, you can see a lot of people that they want to serve the Lord, they want to go to church, they want to do these things as long as things are going well. But the first sign of rejection, the first sign of failure, then they want to quit. I read a book one time. It's, a, it, it's just a, one of those old-timey do-good books. It's, it wasn't a religious book, but it was written by a guy who had made a million dollars giving uh, speeches, uh, motivational talks. And he started the book with this, I want to quit. And he said, you know what? Everybody wants to quit. The deal is, do you quit? It isn't whether or not you want to quit. It's whether or not you actually quit. You know, a, a lot of people get discouraged and quit. Being the son of God, Jesus knew exactly why he had why he'd come to earth. And, and he came to fulfill that mission. So this first little bump in the road didn't deter him at all from what he came to do. So he went down uh, into Galilee and he taught on the Sabbath and, and uh, he, his, his mission and his ministry grew from there. This was the beginning and at Nazareth where uh, Jesus had just come from being uh, uh, tested uh, by, tempted by the devil. And he, he enters his first uh, place where he is known, you know, in, in your hometown. And, and the people in his own hometown rejected him and I, I, I'm so glad that the church is opening back up uh, I know we have to be careful and, and I think uh, 
God, for the leadership of our church that we're going to be careful. But that old saying, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That, 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 that saying is always, my, I can remember that way back uh, uh, as a child. And, and to go to be able to go into the house of the Lord and to praise him is, is an awesome and an all-inspiring thing. Uh, I, I, during these uh, six, seven weeks now that we've been doing this, uh, I promise you, one of the biggest uh, things uh, that I go through every day is missing uh, the relationship and the camaraderie and, and the, uh, the blessing that we get from each other in our class. I, I, was, I was stopped this morning uh, while I was walking, and Helen Grimes, uh, bless her heart, she had fell and cut her arm, and I stopped and visited with her. But you know what? She didn't, she didn't moan or groan or say a thing. She started talking the names of people that are, that are hurt, that are in the hospital, that are at home struggling. And you could just see the, the love in her eyes and in her heart for the people in this class as she talked about uh, their situations. And I really uh, want today, as we close this out, uh, to, to thank uh, uh, each member of the class for, for what they bring to the class. And I promise you, each one brings something so unique. Uh, there are saints in this class, and the word saint just simply means called out. There are people in this class that God has given many, many talents to who continually use those talents uh, to serve him. And I, I, I want to close to saying, listen, if, if we, if, as Jesus witnessed to these people, uh, he asked us to witness. And, you know, uh, sometimes we get afraid or we get tongue-tied in talking. It isn't us. It isn't us, us at all. It's the Holy Spirit. And, you know, when, when, uh, when somebody rejects your attempt to witness, he's not rejecting you. He's rejecting the Holy Spirit. And so you didn't fail. All God asked you to do is to present the gospel. He didn't ask you to, to preach a sermon or, or to beat him over the head with it. Just present a, the gospel. And that old saying, you know, we need to preach a sermon every day. And if we have to, use words. So I, I thank God for you. I, I, I ask for forgiveness for uh, my stumbling around. But I, this is a great, great lesson. And, and to, to be able to sit down and, and just think about uh, what happened to Jesus as he went back to his own hometown that first time. Uh, let us pray. Heavenly Father, uh, as we come to you today, we ask, Heavenly Father, that just in these next few seconds, these next few minutes, clear our mind and heart and, and, and let us thank you and let us, God, accept you and accept your teaching, your words. Let us not reject one, one sentence, one, one word 
that comes from your word, God, that you gave to us so that we may know how to live our life. God, I thank you for this class, and I thank you how they take care of each other. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the uh, prayers that are offered up. God, sometimes when you want to quit, you think, I can't quit. I can't quit. There's a there's a hundred people praying that this will be a success, that th these people will be healed. These people will be renewed. And God, I, I, I just offer those prayers up in, 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 in the name of, of Jesus. Forgive us when we fail you. God, please bless this class this week. And uh, God, protect us as we come back physically to church. And Heavenly Father, just open up the gates of heaven, God, and let it be a great day. In your holy name I pray. Amen.